Listener Production. Hi, Rihanna Patrick here and welcome to The Briefing. On today's show, the psychology behind manifestation. Try this manifestation technique if you want instant results. Hi guys, I want to share a manifestation technique that my therapist actually taught me. Talk about manifesting. It's real, man. Yeah, Google searches for manifesting spiked by nearly 700% in 2023. It definitely had a moment. So it got us wondering, is there any legitimate psychology behind the laws of attraction? And could there even be a downside to positive thinking? Well, we're joined by a cognitive neuroscientist who'll unpack exactly what manifesting is, how it works in the brain, and what the risks are of believing your thoughts have huge power. That's coming up straight after today's headlines with Eleanor Harrison Dengate. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of January, 2024. Hey, Rihanna. Happy New Year. So starting off with some bit of grim news, tens of thousands of people on Japan's West Coast have been told not to return to their homes yet after a 7.6 magnitude earthquake struck central Japan yesterday at around 4pm local time. In areas where the shaking was strong, there's an increased risk of house collapses and landslides. So please be careful of future seismic activity and rainy conditions and do not enter dangerous areas. Toshihiro Shimoyama from Japan's meteorological agency there. So dozens of buildings have collapsed, trapping an unknown number of people. At least eight are feared dead. Fires have also broken out and the army's been dispatched. Highways have also been closed, while more than 36,000 households were left without power. Yeah, so Eleanor, a major tsunami warning was uh, initially issued and uh, obviously we're still thinking about what happened previously in Japan when there was a tsunami warning. This is the first major one since that massive earthquake in March 2011, uh, which we will probably remember because uh, not only did it result in hundreds of deaths, but also the meltdown of the Fukushima nuclear power plant. And so this was the first time that an earthquake since then has hit seven on Japan's Shindo scale, which is that strongest rating. So it's a pretty big deal, but um, now the tsunami warning has been downgraded to an advisory. So the waves are going to be, instead of initially they thought it was going to be up to five metres high, now they're one metre high. They are still extremely dangerous because they're very, very powerful, but definitely a little bit less terrifying. And it's expected that there are going to be more quakes uh, in the coming week, especially in the next two or three days, and they could be very strong. Hundreds of people have been evacuated from three campsites in southeast Queensland after downpours of more than 570 millimetres caused flash flooding. Over the next 24 hours, we're expected to see intense rainfall between Gympie and the New South Wales border. And in some instances, we can see up to 250 millimetres of rainfall in the next 24-hour period. That's Deputy Commissioner Shane Shalepi there. And Eleanor, people are being urged to stay off the roads with that area experiencing landslides and washouts. Yeah, so the first intense storms uh, that this whole thing started off with swept through the region from Christmas Day. More than 130,000 properties were without power at the peak. And yesterday, these further storms are making it difficult to repair that electricity network. Uh, The Queensland government is also set to ask the federal government for more help with the cleanup. They've already got 50 people who have been called in at the weekend, but they need more. Um, And yeah, obviously last week's storms were pretty devastating. They claimed seven lives. They've destroyed concrete power poles, buckled a crane, damaged more than 750 homes. And uh, Rihanna, you're up that way. Have you seen any of this sort of mad rain? 
Yeah, look, we've had a bit of rain up here, but now that you say that there's more coming down, um, definitely on alert because I ha- I am in an area that did have some flooding also last year. Uh, so it's always when we have lots of rain that's coming through, it's good to have rain, but uh, obviously I do like to know what's happening. So this, this is interesting that we're expecting quite a bit in the southeast Queensland catchment. And Denmark is in shock this morning after their queen, Margareta II, announced she will abdicate. I have decided that now is the right time. On the 14th of January 2024, 52 years after I succeeded my beloved father, I will step down as Queen of Denmark. So, Rihanna, I've been reading around a bit about this and local reactions are really intense. Um, so people have been like likening this uh, to someone in their family dying. Like some Danish people are called to cancel New Year's Eve after uh, she made the announcement. Um, it's just been like quite an incredible sort of outpouring of emotion across the country there. Um, so the 83-year-old Margareta is hugely popular in Denmark. According to a recent poll, more than 80% of Danes support the monarchy. Um, And it's interesting because there won't be a formal coronation like there was for obviously King Charles in the UK. She's just going to step aside in favour of her son, Crown Prince Frederick, on the 14th. And obviously that also means, Rihanna, as you would know, Tasmanian-born Crown Princess Mary will become Queen. Yeah, look, I think that's the thing that really the Australian news has been focusing on is about Crown Princess Mary um, becoming Queen, what that all means. But it's interesting too because um, Queen Margrethe also made a lot of changes in 2022 where she stripped the titles from her youngest son's children who no longer hold that title of Prince and Princess. They're now known as Counts and Countesses uh, and that was her way of future-proofing uh, the monarchy. And it's interesting too that this news comes just after we've had uh, Prince Christian's 18th birthday, who is now second in line. Also in her announcement, she said that when she underwent major back surgery in 2018, that was part of why she's decided to step down. Apparently that made her think about the future because before that she'd sort of been like, no, nah, I'm never stepping down. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. But also, of course, we all remember Princess Mary meeting Prince Frederick at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. So it's uh, such a fairy tale. Eleanor, you have kind of met Crown Princess Mary, is that correct? That's a strong some word. Connect- you have, you have, do you have a connection to the Danes in some way? Very, 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 very briefly. I did go to university in, at Aarhus University, which is the same university Prince Frederick went to. And when I was there, I did I did see Princess Mary. I didn't actually like talk to her, but that's my, my big connection. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Well, thanks, Eleanor. Now, if you're into manifesting, are we putting too much thought behind what we put out into the universe? Well, that's next on The Briefing. Let's get into our briefing now and the psychology behind manifesting. We're going to talk about whether it really is just neuroscience dressed up as something more magical. We're going to get into angel numbers and even the quantum field and what the downsides might be for our mental health. To unpack all of this for us, we're joined by cognitive neuroscientist Rhiannon Jones, who lives in the UK. Rhiannon, when you hear the word manifest, what do you think? Be honest, do you roll your eyes a little bit? Yes, yes, (laughs) every time, especially because 
it's something which I hear more and more now. And I think I really wasn't expecting that, you know, more and more from all sorts of people. It's it's really become just part of people's natural language to talk about manifesting something. It's really interesting because I feel like, you know, over the last sort of five years even that it it started out being something that people, friends of mine who might, you know, charge their crystals by the moonlight, they might be talking about manifesting. But now I'm hearing it from people who I would have never expected, like my lawyer and accountant friends. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it has really become so mainstream. And I think that I just don't think that anyone ever expected that to happen. But yeah, everyone is still talking about it. And one of the interesting things is that there isn't really any research on it. There's there's research has just come out about two months ago, and that's going to be the first research that's actually been done on manifesting, even though people have been talking about it for now such a long time. Because I think that we just thought it would it would disappear and be replaced by something else, but it is not going anywhere. What do we know from a science perspective about the power of our thoughts and in particular the power of positive thinking? Well, I mean, positive thinking is generally a good thing. You know, if you're optimistic about something, you're more likely to work towards it and and put some good goals in place and intentions. But I think that there are probably more drawbacks to manifesting, if I'm completely honest. I think that I can mostly only think of drawbacks. I think there are a lot of bad things that can come about through uh, through the idea of manifesting. Mostly because it's not really very healthy to believe that your thoughts have this amount of control. Like I was listening actually to the episode that you put up on 29th of November, where you were talking to someone who suffered with OCD for a really long time. And she was talking about how the thought processes go and the kind of the obsessional nature of it and, you know, rather than just sort of the compulsions. And this is one of the things that we see manifesting kind of tapping into. It's this idea that if you have a thought, it can make something happen in reality. And that's something that we call thought action fusion when we see it in more like clinical disorders like OCD. Because the problem with the law of attraction, which obviously manifesting is based on, is that if thinking good things can bring you good things, then having a negative thought can also bring you negative consequences. And that's how you end up with this huge you know, can of worms where you start thinking that you've got to be really careful what you think in case you bring about some sort of catastrophe. Yeah. And it takes it even that one step further. I've, I've read where if you're thinking, I really want a million dollars. You're putting a message out to the universe that you're somehow in lack. So you have to sit there and think, I have a million dollars and put yourself in the same frequency as someone who already has that money. (laughs) What do you make of that? Yes. (laughs) I think, I think it's fascinating actually the way that they've, um, that they've taken little bits of, Quantum physics, I suppose, they try to say that it's based on quantum physics, mostly because people don't really understand it. So you can take little bits of it and dress it up in ways where it sounds like there's some sort of logical basis. I mean, especially I was reading about the stuff, as you say, with putting yourself on the same frequency. And again, there are little bits that are almost scientifically valid because, I mean, one of the things that I do in my work is I look a lot at the electrical 
signals from the brain, especially in terms of the frequencies that they fire at and what different frequencies could mean. So there's almost a little germ of logic there, except that it doesn't work that way. (laughs) You know, the frequencies in our thoughts and in our brains, they don't go anywhere. They don't, they can't influence anything. So it's really interesting the way that they can take bits of science and then put them in this package, which I can see would be really, really believable if you don't have that kind of scientific background and if you don't know, you know, the real in-depth science of how the brain works or how physics works. So it's not surprising that people go for it. Well, I think it's a very attractive idea to think that, okay, everything that you desire already exists for you in the quantum field. And if, you know, everything that you see from your bedside table to a Porsche is made up of energy, then all you need to do is align yourself with that energy in order to make it so or make it manifest on the physical plane. Yeah. It is definitely really attractive. Especially at the moment, I think. I wonder if one of the reasons it's gained popularity so much is because we're in kind of a global financial crisis at the moment and people aren't doing well financially. So it is really attractive to think that all you need to do is to change the way that you think about things and that you can bring things to you like that. But because it doesn't really work, you know, because you can't align yourself with a Porsche and then have one, then suddenly you've you've got these goals that you've set, which you're not achieving. And that doesn't feel good. And not only that, but you are then to blame for not being able to get those things because maybe you've manifested wrong or you've, you, you're just not trying hard enough. And then suddenly it's your fault that you don't have all of these things that you want. And I think that's dangerous. What about when it comes to manifesting another person, like manifesting a relationship? Is that slightly different in that, you know, people encourage you, people who talk about manifesting, they say, okay, you need to sit there and and you need to come up with a list of qualities in your ideal partner and then really focus on um, attracting the love that you want into your life. Is that slightly healthier than, say, manifesting material things? I think that it might be. I think it might be a little bit less dangerous. Of course, one of the one of the positives, if in a way, about manifesting is that you do have this idea of really firmly seeing what it is that you want. And possibly it, it can sometimes help you to get what you want through focusing your intention more. So maybe you'll put things in place in more of a practical way to get them anyway. And so potentially in terms of relationship, Maybe it would help you to think about the kind of relationship you want and and possibly having that really strong intention might help you to put yourself into the places where you're most likely to meet that person. So then, you know, maybe there would be some logic behind that one. On the other hand, you could also see it a little bit like, um, you know, with online dating, where now you can put in all these filters and say that you only want to hear from people who are over six foot tall or who've gone to a certain university and these things. And and then just by focusing on exactly what person you want, you you are you know stopping yourself from really seeing all the other people who might turn out are amazing for you, just because you're you're filtering them down so much into these criteria you think that you want. 
Another thing that, that keeps popping up, um, on social media uh, and, you know, when I listen to podcast interviews about people who, who manifest is things like angel numbers or, um, they, they ask the universe for a sign. And so they see like 1111 everywhere or they see, you know, some special kind of bird who they, <laughs> that they've chosen as being their spirit animal. What do you make of that, of looking for signs in your <laughs> yes. environment? I think that's a really natural thing to do as well. I think that these tap into a really natural tendency that humans have because we're always looking for patterns in things. And, you know, even if you think about just sort of, it is basically superstition and that is something that we see in all cultures. And then you do tend to see things if you're looking out for them more. It's what's known as an attentional bias. So if you've decided that like the number 11 or 1111 that you've decided that that is lucky, then you're more likely to notice it somewhere. So it's not happening that it's actually around more. It's just that you notice it more. Or for me, ever since I was a child, I've been really scared of seeing single magpies because of that old rhyme. And you think that it's, you know, one for sorrow. So no matter where I am now, if there is a magpie, I will see it. I will always notice it because I'm always kind of on the lookout for it sort of subconsciously. And then, of course, no matter what it is that I'm actually doing at the time, I still have to salute it and say a little thing under my breath, even if I'm teaching a class or crossing a road. So you notice things more. And I think that that's what we see with sort of angel numbers. It's the tendency towards looking for patterns and symbols, which is just a really natural human thing. And you're going to notice them more if you if you think that there's something important about them. It doesn't mean there is something important, but... We like to imbue signs and symbols with some sort of importance because it gives the world meaning. So in a nutshell, positive thinking can really help you to align to your goals. But if something bad happens, that's kind of just life, isn't it? You didn't make that happen. Sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Exactly. And people shouldn't be afraid of that. They shouldn't think that that it's their fault if something bad happens. It's really important that people are, are self-compassionate, you know, and don't blame themselves for things. So I think that that's, that's the main issue is just make, to make sure that manifesting doesn't end up with you thinking that you're actually to blame for anything bad that happens to you. That was cognitive neuroscientist Rhiannon Jones and Rhiannon shared with us that she's about to embark upon her own research in this area of manifesting and she's keen to get some people involved. So we will publish a link to that research and uh, maybe you can take part if you're interested. Listener.